Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Welcome, friends, to another session of Global Answers. This is Lonnie on this end and Jeff over here. Greetings, and uh, this is actually part three of a subject that we've been talking about, true prophets and false prophets, and uh, 21st century prophets, prophets that God uses in our day to the Gentiles. And we're going to talk about uh, God sending, a promising a prophet in the last days, uh, just before the return of Jesus Christ. And uh, so many exciting things that are happening in our day. We said that about the only thing that will stand in the way of uh, the, the accepting of a true prophet is our tradition, or the accepting of more truth is our tradition. And as we've all, always said, we're not here as uh, purveyors or promoters of ourselves, Brother Lonnie and myself. That's not why we take the time out of our schedules to do these broadcasts, because I'm a very busy pastor, a church of about 500 folks, and my life is entwined with their lives. And that is what I do uh, 99, 9 tenths of the time. What we do here at Global Answers, we find to be very important. And that's why I come here to the studio to do these broadcasts, because I want to share truth with you. Not to, uh, again, point to myself or Brother Lonnie or our church, obviously, because most of you are hearing this uh, in Europe and uh, overseas in the Middle East, etc., and so many places throughout the United States as well. It's our desire merely to share truth to you. If, uh, if I were the Apostle Paul and I had just uh, received the visitation of the pillar of fire and found out that Jesus Christ was truly the Messiah, then the Apostle Paul did what? Went back to his synagogues, his churches, and shared truth. Peter went back and shared truth. So it's our desire. We can't help but declare what we have seen and heard. God has done some mighty things in our generation, and we want to share them with you. And they're exciting. They're, they're climactic, and I believe, I believe so climactic that it's going to prepare people for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, we're talking about prophets. That's what we're talking about. And... A true prophet, we found out in the last two broadcasts, a true prophet cannot lead you to other gods, cannot lead you astray into false doctrine. Not a true prophet. A false prophet is a false prophet by definition because his gift is true, but he has other ulterior motives. His life is not in order with the Word of God. Often, a man who may have a natural gift from birth as a prophet or as a teacher or as a pastor, if he's not born again, he'll use that gift for carnal purposes, for selfish reasons and motivations, whether it's money, women, or popularity, as we've talked about in the past. So what we want to do is, is find the combination of a born-again man who is used of God as a prophet. First of all, that man, if he's a prophet, he was born a prophet. Second of all, he will have a distinct ministry above any other ministry on the face of the earth, for that matter. Wouldn't you say that Noah had a distinct ministry? Or how about Moses? Did, was there any prophet like Moses? Or how about Elijah? Or how about Jesus himself? These ministries were accompanied by signs and wonders and miracles. I do have a difficult time uh, because most of the prophets did have signs and wonders and miracles. Therefore, I have a, different a difficult time hearing from a man that says he's a prophet but absolutely no signs or wonders or miracles accompany his ministry. Now, we do know one prophet, a major prophet for that matter, that uh, had a six-month ministry. How many know who that was? And he was a major prophet, 
In fact, he was the introducer of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and that was John the Baptist. And we have no account of any supernatural in his ministry. Powerful preacher. But for the most, most prophets have supernatural prophetic gifts. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, angelic visitations, Elijah, what a mighty ministry, what a tremendous amount of supernatural in his ministry, Moses again, and so forth. Most of God's major prophets were, had ministries filled with signs and wonders and miracles, and some of them had a pillar of fire accompany their ministry, which was none other than the angel of the Lord, by the way, Jesus Christ himself. Moses had a pillar of fire. Paul had a pillar of fire. In our day, 21st century, William Branham had a pillar of fire. And so these were men that were mightily used of God, and God, God endorsed their ministry by his personal presence, visible presence, and countless millions were able to be a bear witness of those of that supernatural apparition, the supernatural ministry of these men. All right, now, the scripture says, and we're going to find out, it says, beware of false prophets. Jesus was uh, asked, what should be the sign of thy coming and of the end? Jesus went forward into time and said, in the last days there'll be false anointed ones. We've already talked about false anointed ones. That means the gift uh, and the anointing is from God, but the man, the vessel is false because he leads to other gods. He's a cracked pot. He's a cracked pot. The vessel isn't a pure pot. He's got a crack. He's leaky. The vessel may have water in it, but it leaks right back out again. The vessel isn't a pure vessel. We but, want vessels okay. that are pure. In, interjecting, right, absolutely. Yeah. The scripture warns in the last days that as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so will these of reprobate mind concerning the truth. So how did, who was Janus and Jambres? That was the two court magicians when Moses would yeah. bring his supernatural manifestation into the presence of Pharaoh, it was Janus and Jambres who would duplicate what Moses could do. And therefore, it hardened the heart of Pharaoh and confused the people. Uh, if this is really God, how come our boys can do the same thing? So the scripture promises in the last days, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. How did they withstand Moses? By doing the supernatural similar to what he did. But the difference was Moses had a message from God. They were there to just confuse the issue, but they had no message from God. And so God has warned us in the last days, there will be those who are performing the supernatural, but it'll be as Janus and Jambres. They're anointed to power, but they're not anointed to the word. And so they won't have the message. They'll be using their powers for other purposes, usually popularity or money. A lot of times in reality, we find, Brother Lonnie, is, is that uh, they don't have a message. In other words, their whole ministry centers around their gift. Mm -hmm. You ever right. notice that? Uh, I'm sure that each one of you can think of a man, perhaps, that has a, a gift uh, of laying on of hands or divine healing or whatever, and you notice they don't have a message. And that's because they're merely gifted men. And that, that could be good or bad. If he, if he leads the people astray to other gods or points to himself as some form of absolute and they need to follow him uh, particularly, that's a personality cult. And that's, Moses was not a personality cult. Brother Branham is, is far from a personality cult, William Branham. And so it's following the truth as God reveals that truth. That's all. We're just following fulfilled scripture. Now, Jesus said, how can we know the true from the false? And I'll read to you in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing. So outwardly, they look like one of the sheep. But inwardly, they are ravening wolves. So they they're, have a voracious appetite. 
and they exploit people and they wound the defenseless. You shall know them, Jesus said, by their fruits. So in other words, Jesus said you can know a false from a true prophet by the fruits, something that they're going to manifest. Do men gather grapes, Jesus said, of thorns? No, you don't find grapes in a thorn bush. Neither do you find figs in, in, among thistles. It's not going to be there. Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. So if the person is truly a good man, born again, genuinely used of God, the fruit in his life, moral life, godly character, uh, has no desire but to exalt Jesus Christ, that fruit will be there. But a corrupt tree, Jesus said, brings forth evil fruit. So if the man is corruptible, then it'll bring forth evil fruit. Jesus goes on to say then, wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, listen to these verses now, here we go about a man who's gifted with God, but watch what Jesus said about gifted men that don't follow him. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So not everybody that professes Jesus is going to go to heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, goes on to say, Matthew 7, 22, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name have we not done many mighty and many wonderful works? So they did work, signs and wonders, but they were basing their salvation and who they were on their gift. I am not who I am on Sunday when I preach. I am not who I am on Wednesday alone. I am who I am as a husband on Monday, as a father on Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I am who I am throughout my life as a human being when nobody's looking. That's who I am. And not the gift that's in the pulpit alone on Wednesday or Sunday. Before I was ever called to be a preacher, I was a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so just because a man's anointed, I want to see fruit. I want to see his life. If his life doesn't match the morality in the Bible, doesn't match the character of Christ, temper, blows up, controlling, over-domineering, over uh, power-hungry, that's not my Jesus. That doesn't match Scripture. So he can cast out devils. He can heal the sick. He can prophesy. That may tr be true. He has all those gifts, but he's not doing the will of the Father. Then he goes on to say, Then I will profess unto those kind of people, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Whew. Powerful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just powerful. powerful. I think anyone that has been around, especially Pentecostal circles, uh, that has grown up in those circles has seen many like this. Very, very gifted men performing very supernatural things. Gifts sometimes that hit and miss as far as telling the future or telling people about right. themselves, whatever, hit and miss, yep. which is not God. Yeah. And, and, and then turning around and pulling for money, pulling for money, pulling yeah. for money, or exactly. look to me. You know, and it's, it's very discouraging. And many people approach Christianity and they see that, what we might call television evangelism, because most of, a lot of it is there. Yeah, it is. That uh, they see that and they say, oh, if that's Christianity, forget it. And they just walk away. Yep. But they cannot. They must remember there cannot be a counterfeit. Catch this now. There cannot be a counterfeit dollar bill unless there's a real dollar bill somewhere. So there may be phonies. There may be the Genesis and Jambres, but that only testifies there's a real. Otherwise, the counterfeit would be the real, and it's not the real. There is a real somewhere. You know, um, the Scripture says uh, the rain, God's anointing, falls on the just and the unjust. Hebrews talks about that as well, either rejectors or receivers of the word who the Bible says if they reject the word, they're, they're well 
unto, they're, they're, they're nigh unto cursing mm -hmm. and whose uh, end is God's judgment. And then, but he talks about that rain falling on both categories mm -hmm. of people, right. the wheat and the tares, both rejoice under God's anointing, don't they? Yes, scripture says, Joel, I'll pour out, of, in the last days I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And he my. talks about my sons and daughters will do this and your sons and daughters will do this. So the spirit is, is available to all who can reach out and, and grab it, but some people get a hold of it without a conversion in the soul, which is, that's a false Christ. So you mean there's, uh, we're a multi-dimensional people, aren't we? Absolutely. And so what you're really saying is, is that a person can be anointed on the flesh and even anointed on the spirit and prophesy, but never have a conversion down in the soul? Yeah, that's absolutely. The, uh, the scripture teaches us that a new birth takes place with a change in the soul. And, and that's where birth takes place. This body is not ever born again. This body uh, gives you fits as long as you're in it. You've got a new body, body waiting. But a conversion mm -hmm. takes place down in the soul that changes your, your whole life. And uh, Ezekiel 36, you can read about it, where God says, I'll give you a new heart, a new spirit, and then my spirit. So that's like the, th the three steps, then a new heart, a new spirit, then my spirit. And so there's three steps there. And then the anointing on this, this fella here, if I receive, I'll give you an example. If I receive the anointing of God on my, on my flesh, like maybe you're in a good church service and the singing is beautiful or the worship brings the presence of God and you sense that presence on your flesh and your hands go up and you worship and praise and glorify God. Nothing wrong with that. That's wonderful, but it's just an anointing on your flesh. The true presence of God is fearful. That's just right. a blessing. That's right. just a blessing. My. The true presence, you, you find that all through the Bible, they fell on their knees, they shook, they quake, and the angel or, or God had to say, fear not. But so that's an anointing on the flesh. And then we can get in a genuine Holy Ghost anointing on our spirit and yield to the spirit and speak in tongues My. and prophesy and still unconverted on the soul. And that's where the scripture says in the last days would be false Christ, not false Jesuses, false Christ, false anointed ones. The anointing is genuine. Rain falls on the just and the unjust. The anointing is genuine, but it strikes on the spirit and below the spirit is an unconverted soul. And, and if you can study the Bible all you want to and you'll have great difficulty proving which is the innermost, the soul or the spirit, because it just seems to go back and forth. But the scripture says, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and can pierce to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. So the word knows how to get in there and quicken something down in the wow. soul to bring, to bring a new birth. But if it's blocked by uh, what will my wife think, what will my boyfriend think, what will my girlfriend think, whatever, all those things that can keep us, keep us from having a pure experience all the way into the soul, you're ready totally to die to yourself then there's other things in your spirit realm, in your spirit realm can, can stop the Holy Ghost, the work of the word from piercing all the way into, an, into a new birth down in the soul. So a person can get anointed on their spirit, manifest the gifts of the spirit and still not be born again yet. Judas, Judas had his name in, in the book of life, didn't he? Yeah, right. So he came all the way up to the fact that his name, Jesus says, don't rejoice that the devils are subject to you. Right. So Jesus said, I'm going to give you power to cast out devils. Judas was casting out the devils with the best of them, wasn't he? He sure was. He was manifesting all the other gifts that the, that the apostles, apostles were manifesting. 
But the one thing he couldn't do is go all the way into a Pentecostal baptism of the Holy Ghost experience. He had to stop short of that. He never was in the upper room, was he? Never, <laughs> never made it to the upper room. Right. Think about that. So he actually, eventually, he rejected and persecuted and denied the Word of God proving that there was nothing in there that was quickenable to begin with, wasn't there? Well, in that case, that's true. There is, we're talking about Judas who healed the sick, who probably cast out devils, and yet he himself, the Bible says, and, and, and Satan having entered Judas. Yeah, right. He went and he betrayed the Lord. Now, there was a man, a classic example of a man who on his flesh was anointed, on his spirit was anointed, but his soul was never converted. Now, uh, there's a, a story, and we're going to have to hurry because time is running out fast, but I just want my, my, uh, Brother Lonnie, my father, to tell you a story. He and I were in Helsinki, Finland, and we, uh, we are Pentecostal by experience, not by denomination. We're Baptist by experience, not by denomination. Baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin, and uh, so on. But we were in Helsinki, Finland, and uh, we do not believe that tongues is the evidence of the Holy Ghost. We don't believe that any gift is the evidence of the Holy Ghost because you can be anointed on those outer realms and never have a birth on the inside. And we were, we were talking about this and people in the congregation, we were having an outreach meeting. New people were coming and they were debating. They were Pentecostal people. They were debating with us, saying, well, wait a minute, tongues is the evidence. Five out of seven times they spoke with tongues in the book of Acts and they went on to try to proved to us that if any man would speak in tongues, they must be born again. And then something phenomenal happened right in our midst, supernatural, that God allowed everybody in that room to know that tongues was not the evidence of the Holy Ghost. Brother Lonnie, would you tell that story? I just think it's incredible. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was amazing timing on God's part in that, as Jeff said, that we, the debate had swung around. We didn't expect it to be, but the debate had swung around on what's normally called tongues evidence. This, that's the evidence of having, having received the Holy Ghost. Now, we believe in speaking in tongues. We're not, we're not against that, and we believe people can receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. But we believe also that people can speak in tongues and not have the Holy Ghost because we've seen it, mm -hmm. and the Bible testifies of false Christs. And the Scripture says in uh, Corinthians, I forget which one it is, it says, Though I speak with the tongue of right. men and angels yeah. and have not love, charity, the, the uh, I'm a sounding, tinkling symbol, tinkling yeah. with a sounding brass. And so, but charity is the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. So there he says, though I speak with the tongues of men, known languages, and angels, unknown languages, but I don't have the Holy Ghost, right. then, then I'm nothing. So the scripture is, is clear on that. So anyway, we were going through these points. And just as we were kind of reaching a, a point where I, we were wondering which way it was going to go next, a man came walking through the door in the back and he was sounding off. And of course, being in Finland, I, had, I thought it was right. Finnish. And I wondered why was this man interrupting our service? And I turned to my interpreter and I said, what's that man saying? He said, he's speaking in tongues. And it turned out he was a drunk off the street. And he walked in the back door of the church and saw that we were preaching and he began speaking in tongues because he'd been around Pentecost somewhere, some kind of Pentecostal group. And he began speaking in tongues and sounded off and turned around and walked out. And then, then by the time he walked out, it was very obvious he was very drunk. So then I said to the congregation, I says, does that man have the Holy Ghost? And they says, no, you win. 
Right? You win. Argument's over. <laughs> God settled it real fast. <laughs> they knew that uh, the Bible says, be not drunk wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, this man. man was drunk with excess, yeah, and he wasn't filled with the Spirit. Right. But yet, as Brother Lonnie said, he had a Pentecostal background, so he knew how to dance. He knew how to shout. He knew how to speak in tongues. He'd gone through the churchy motions but never had a conversion on the inside. Now we've been talking about a prophet. We wanna leave you with segments of a video of a major prophet in our generation, the Reverend William Marion Branham. And I know you're going to enjoy this. You sit back, relax, enjoy these segments concerning a prophet in the last day and watch a gift in operation. And then if you want more information concerning that prophetic ministry, get a hold of us. We'd love to send you any kind of material. We've got books, pamphlets, tapes. We'd love to send them to you. God bless you. Looking Hang on forward just a minute. To yes, I want sure. to add something. In what you're about to see, you're going to see a manifestation of what the Bible calls discernment. Yeah. Not the gift of knowledge, discernment. The Word of God is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Because this ministry was not only an Elijah ministry, it was a revealing of the Son of Man. And we'll go into that in great detail in a later time, but it was Christ manifested again in this last, last day. And the discernment, we find it in Scripture. Jeff mentioned right. earlier the woman at the well. And, and she... Uh, Told, told her all about her condition, her, yeah. her marriage condition. And she says, we know that when Messiah comes, he'll do these things. And she said, I am he that speaks to you. And so there was a Messiah gift. And then when uh, Philip went and got Nathaniel and brought him back yeah. into the presence of Jesus, and Jesus go, refers to Nathaniel, Nathaniel, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And, and he says, uh, how did you know he says, when you were under the tree praying and Philip went to you, I, uh, I saw you. He says, oh, you're the king of Israel, yeah. the, the Lord, the king of Israel. And so again, he recognized the Messiah gift. And then we find Jesus standing in the, among the Sadducees and Pharisees, and they begin to murmur among themselves. And he says, why think ye in your hearts, so-and-so? So the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We've had a fulfillment of the word in our day, and you're going to see this very discernment in action, and then we'll come back and talk to you after you've seen the segments. God bless you for now. You've had a, I see a great crash of some sort. It's yes. an accident. Yes, yes, And you, yes. it was a car uh, wreck. Yes. And you were thrown in the air yes. like that. Yes. And it strained you in somewhere in your neck and it's caused a, a cancer yes. to come into your neck. Uh, or, and you're some sort of a teach in the scripture. And you believe that Jesus Christ makes you well? I do. Father God, in the name of thy son, Jesus Christ, on the authority of God's word by a dying woman, I ask this evil thing to leave her. Satan, you are exposed. So come out of the woman as the church of the living God calls for you to leave in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Thank sister, you. just a moment. I just want to talk to you. Of course, you know it's gone now. Oh, yes. It'll stay that way. See how your throat left? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. It's all gone from her. The, the garter has left her throat. And she, God bless you. Go on your road now and be thankful. Happy and rejoice. And, I want you to look this way just a moment. Of course you're sick. And you're suffering with uh, a condition. It's a, it's a dark spirit around you. It's death. 
and it's in a form of cancer, and the cancer is located on the breast, and you're seeing you're examined by someone strong, and it's a, you got a, a ruptured condition, and the rupture is in the bowels, and you have a stomach trouble also, a severe heart trouble, it calls you fainty. Uh, uh, here a few days ago, you're sitting sideways on the side of a bed and nearly passed out looking towards your window. Are those things the truth? Yes, it's that all was true. All true. Well, whatever it was, of course, it's gone from you. But what do you think that was that knows your life? Was it Jesus Christ? You accepted to be that? Yes. Thank you. And I You're willing, you know that something supernatural is here. Yes. And if you believe it to be the Lord Jesus, as I have preached it out of the Word, and you believe it to be the Lord Jesus. Yes, I do. I know there's a dark spirit still hanging at you yet. It's something very serious. Yes. Say, I see you. Your name is uh, Eva. Yes. And your last name is York. Yes. And you live in this city. Yes, I do. And your house number is 613 6th Street. Yes. Is that right? Yes. You're going home to be well. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you go and be made well. God bless you. Don't doubt it. Just go rejoice in heaven. You're becoming a young-looking person. Much younger than what you are in my presence. You are suffering with some sort of a headache and it's, uh, it's come many years ago, about 25 years ago, your headache started and it's been bothering you ever since. You have been a great believer and you have, uh, you have prayed for this hour that's standing here now. You have said in prayer to God that if you could uh, only get to me, that uh, if I would pray that your headaches would cease. Those things true? Everything. That is true. Now, you heard what said that. That wasn't me. That was just my voice. Was those, ever what it was is something I, I remember seeing a young person or something. Was it just the way it was said there? Just the way, that, just the way it was said. Now, you believe that God did it? You believe God was? Now, you're sure that God is here. Just a moment. I see something else. A young woman seems to be standing near you. It's a, it's a daughter. And um, yes, you were just fixing to go on a trip somewhere. You were going to see her. And she's from Indiana. Richmond, Indiana is where she lives. And she, her husband is a minister. And she has wrote you a letter, something telling you not to come because I was coming here. Is that right? You're healed. You can go on. Receive 20th Century Prophet, a DVD with more of this footage you've just viewed, or for a copy of today's program entitled Identifying a True Prophet, write to the address on your screen or visit our website at Global